Welcome to Oceanic Gaming Radio. It is Monday the 20th of November 2023. And unfortunately for you listeners, we are capless this evening. Uh, you're going to have to deal with me. My name is Grizzly Gaming 86 and I'm your host today. I'm joined tonight with a very special guest, a uh, good friend of mine, been on the show before. Uh, he's a world-class comedian, Hello, a postgraduate in education, uh, top 100 comedians in Australia too, Adrian, I believe. <laughs> Up there? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's impossible to prove. That's exactly right. Uh, I'm joined by Adrian, a.k.a. Uh, Red Weird. Uh, Hello, everybody. Bantering away tonight with me. And uh, as always, our beloved pineapple man, Pav Loverface. How are you, Pav? Hey, oh, doing well. Doing well. What episode result. are we on, Pav? 70. This is episode 79. Can you believe Se- it? How far Se- we've come. Oh, gee, we've done pretty well. Um, it's been a couple of episodes for me. Boys haven't been around for a while. Uh, but before I go into my banter, I'm curious to hear from you, Pav. What have you been doing, mate? How was your oh. big one of a weekend, mate? Yeah, let me tell you, I had a big one. <laughs> had, had, a lot of, had a lot of things on, actually, this week. Um, kicked off Friday night with, a, um, with an anime rave. Our friends at Hoshi threw their biggest party ever. Uh, an absolute wild time. Uh, lots of uh, DJs playing uh, sets with anime-inspired music. Uh, lots of stuff from video games and all that jazz. It was uh, fantastic to see. An anime uh, rave. Lots of cosplays and things. Lots there, of Pat? cosplays. Yeah. It was it was fucking sick. It was uh, were, yeah. Were you well, emceeing? Were you emceeing? I didn't do any emceeing this time yeah. around. Um, yeah. I have done a bit for them in the past, but uh, not this time. I just I was there fortunately just to enjoy the night. Um, got a few uh, bevs in me. It was very good. Um, it, it, it was weird. It's like a lot of a lot of hard style, a lot of EDM. Never thought I'd be into that music, but you know, like if you you feel the energy of the crowds and stuff, and it just goes wild. I'm t- oh, insane, immaculate. Nice one, mate. Was there some uh, uh, One Piece music, Pav? That they the. Um, the headline started with a with the One Piece track, and then like really? it was yeah. it was insane, awesome light show. They're throwing like light sticks into the crowd, and the One yeah. Piece theme just like oh, pumping hard. Yeah. That's cool. I I'm getting chills just thinking about it. it was fantastic. <laughs> I'm telling you, I would take me back, take me back. <laughs> uh, uh, coming out from that, recovering from trying to recover from that uh, on the Saturday, I had a lot of um, uh, non nerdy stuff. Uh, uh, with the radio show ninety four point five, they throwing they throw the night the uh, a master's milk carton regatta, which is pretty <laughs> yes. pretty sick. They make make boats out of milk cartons and race them in the at Hillary's uh, the boat harbor. And uh, yeah, how I, did you go? Uh, Perhaps let's talk me through it. What type of craft did you make out of these milk cartons? <laughs> right? Was it? Uh, I, did, you I didn't make anything, but but yeah. you say you say that I would I really want to do one next show. I'm yeah, dude, I would honestly be pretty keen. Like and like I, as I a streaming community, right. like come together to uh, to build a boat. Are you allowed I'm to use you. glue, Pat? Yeah, so there's a lot of lot of duct tape, a lot of uh, I think there's specifications in the rules. I don't mm. really know much about it, but I've heard about it for the longest time. Yeah, there's a uh, for someone who's lactose intolerant, that's kind of the, <laughs> that's kind of my greatest fear. Uh, to see how that You've got to drink all the milk cartons first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I honestly reckon that would be one of the biggest challenges is to get enough milk cartons. Yeah. Though, surely, it's insane. Oh, yeah. There was some, there was some big boats. I'm telling, there was like hundreds of cartons uh, of milk being drank. <laughs> well, a school I was teaching at uh, for a bit, they were doing entering the regatta. Um. And man, they were drinking so much milk. 
<laughs> you know, I was like, you don't have to drink the milk, you pour it out. In fact, you shouldn't be drinking that much. It's really bad for you. Yeah. You know? Good um, yeah. bones. I reckon actually school is a pretty good one to collect those. Yeah. I think yeah, a lot of people chucky milk. I reckon at school was the last time I regularly it's, drank chucky milk. Like, they used to do it like, um, like every, every year for like 30 years, like some ridiculous number. Like, But they took a big break and now they've, it's been back for about three years now. So I've always wanted to go check it out. I'm glad I finally did now next year. I think we answer. Okay. Yeah. Man, so many things that I want to do, but yeah. also I have no fucking time. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's most of it. Most of what happened this weekend. Oh, the uh, League World World Finals. Yeah. Was I actually was wanted to, uh, I want to discuss that with you, Pav. Yeah. I, was, I, I was hosted thinking we'd do a it in- watch party at uh, Varsity. It's a burger joint here in Perth. Um, uh, we partnered up with uh, Res- our friends at Respawn and our friends at Pixel to. Uh, spread the word and it was a good old time. We filled was out. Was that a bit of the, a Stream uh, Perth thing, Perth? Yeah, so, so uh, Stream Perth partnered with Respawn and uh, cool. Pixel Expo. So we just trying to uh, form some bonds, do some events together, that sort of stuff, and uh, build the community. And people came out and it was a good time. Uh, a little technical difficulties. I, I was stressing, like my computer crashed, it blue screened in the middle of the first game. <laughs> oh, you had your PC there. Yeah, to, to yeah run I was casting it. Uh, so we had a, like, fortunately we had a backup, which also uh, broke down, but our third backup <laughs> worked, which was good. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a nightmare until the second game, and, but then it was all smooth, so it was good. I actually, um, I actually watched some watch of the. Yeah, I did. I did. I, well, I was more curious, Pav, because. Well, I was going to discuss this in in how's your game and go on, but fuck it, I'm going to do it now. Yeah, um, let's get it. I was a bit disappointed in like the uh, Dota 2 tournament this year, just more on like the production side. Um, mm. And I feel like it's been kind of going that way for a while. I tell you what, man, fuck, I watched the opening ceremony for the League Worlds and it's like yeah. they get like, what are they, what are those um, bands? What are they, uh, K-pop? Is it K-pop? K-pop? A K-pop group, yeah. Yeah, they had like, Full organized like mm. K-pop band out there yeah. and Phenomenal. choreographed and doing stuff and and then entwined with like a, a virtual like holograms coming onto the stage as well. Nuts! Very <laughs> impressive. Insane! Very cool. I like that. My mind was blown. Uh, yeah, very cool. That score though, uh, a little <laughs> a little rough. Yeah, T one sweep three nil. I don't know much about league. Like I'm not going to pretend to know what I was watching, but that like. Comparison between last year's finals and this year's was a stark difference. <laughs> Who's the um guy in T one? Is it Faker? Faker, just like yeah. the the man, the goat, yeah. the goat. a god amongst men, <laughs> is what they Have, say. I believe. Anything else from you, mate? Anything else on the weekend no. that you want to talk about? No. That was it. That was a very full, a uh, lot of um, lot of fun stuff. Um, of fun. And I yeah. get to get to relax for a couple. Um, couple weekends now because uh we're now in preparation for our big stream in perth um yeah, Twitch power which, event in, when December is that because i have That's, i have rsvp'd as going to yes. that is that on this weekend uh, not this weekend coming the week after it's december 3rd uh a whole bunch of uh, perth uh, creators and uh twitch viewers and all that sort of stuff are going to come down so if you're in perth and you like twitch whether it's streaming or you just like watching and supporting come down it'll be great uh cap and Grizz are most likely going to be there for a few for a few drinks. So yep. if you'd like to catch up, it's a perfect yeah. opportunity because I Come can't tell you when it's going to happen again. <laughs> yeah, and calling out people in chat, right? Uh, Rorks, mate, love to see you there. We can have a beer in person. All right, your legend, Moosey, you as well. Yeah, a couple of shoeys, Sukai. Yeah, get some shoeys yep. in, in there. Bring, your, in there. bring your favorite shoey shoe. Bring your uh, favorite shoey shoe. 
Yeah. Um, Adrian, mate. Yep. What's been on your agenda? You got a new job, mate. Living the dream. Yeah, I'll be teaching um, next year full time, which would be cool. Um, I did a bit of teaching this year, covering for someone who was on long service leave. And that was really fun. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, but at the moment, I'm just sort of taking it easy. It's been quite a stressful few years doing the degree. <laughs> Have you so is that wrapped up? That degree's done and dusted. You're 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 a what have you what have you got, mate? What's what's under your belt now in terms of the education? Oh, I mean, I got a bachelor of arts, English and creative writing, and I've got a master's of teaching. Wow, in secondary English, uh, which is Crazy. not the same as a master's. Oh, it isn't. Which is a different thing. Like it's like I used to be the graduate diploma it was one year. They made it a master's of teaching. It's two years, and um, it's. Yeah, so it's not like I did a PhD or wrote a thesis or any of that stuff. I just like worked a bunch for free and just <laughs> constantly did uni work for a long period of time. Yeah. So it's good to be out the other side. Yeah, uh, and it, some spondules it, now. Oh, man, it yep. took a great toll on my physical and emotional health. Yeah. Uh, but I was actually saying to you before dollars. the podcast, I think you're you're looking really healthy. I haven't seen you in person for a while, but you look you look pretty, pretty bloody good, mate. Yeah, it's probably just uh, just lazing around, you know, taking it easy, get a bit of sun yeah. sometimes, you know, occasionally. Um, yeah, what else have I been doing? Not heaps. Uh, playing a bit of video games, playing a bit, bit of guitar. Yeah. Uh, just generally like, yeah, just, you know, do a little projects Stuff. here and there. Living yeah. my life. I'd be actually, I'm going to be interested uh, talking to you about something on the run sheet tonight, uh, which yeah. is the esports and schools, mate. Oh, That'd dude, be... yeah, I wrote like two pages. Did you? Yeah, um, I'm so keen to get your take now. on that. Right. Um, yeah, I got some stuff to say. Pab's pulling his hair out. <laughs> look, on, on what I've been doing, look, apologies in advance for basically being non-present at all in, in streaming or on podcasts. I've just, it's just, I have been, uh, I've been to uh, Adelaide, and then I've been to Darwin, and I've been to Broome twice, literally in the last month. I'm just like jet-setting around, but it's been pretty cool. Um, we've currently got COVID in our house right now as well. So yeah, I made a little COVID a few weeks ago. Did you? Yeah. So yeah. three out of the five, I'm the only surviving. Me and my youngest daughter, the only surviving members of the fam that aren't COVIDed up. So kind of. Um, you had it before. Just, yeah, I've had it once before, and it was pretty much just like uh, a two-day, really bad hangover for me. Like killer headache, can't think yeah. straight, everything else, sleeping. So um, I mean, we'll see how we go. Touch wood. I'm okay, but this is what happened last time too, Adrian. Like it was like a good two weeks after everyone else caught it and then it smashed me. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, always the way. Um other things though, which I'm very excited to talk about and how's your game going, is I got a Steam Deck. My wife actually bought me a Steam Deck. Um so, so I can't good. wait to give you a little Grizz review on that one and what I'm playing and what works great on it and everything else. But um I will say that yeah, it's just opened up a whole it's the first time that I've really felt like it's a PC and a handheld. Uh, you know, like uh, the Switch wasn't quite there. Obviously, I mean, it is. It, pl- it plays games great, but not all games great. You could literally the amount of Steam games in your library that run on it is uh, pretty unbelievable. It's um, pretty good. Yeah, that was always the thing I think about Switch. It's it's good if you want to get the games that are made for it, but if yeah. you don't, you know, if you're trying to get like even like Civ Six or any kind of ports or whatever, they just it just doesn't work. Um, someone in chat asks Steam Deck Dota. 
Um, I actually think you can, but I don't think it's optimized for it. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure your teammates will fucking hate you if you do it. <laughs> but I reckon you could, probably. Well, boys, shall we jump on into the episode? We've got a bit of a banging quest log tonight. Before we do, um, I would like to just do a couple little formalities first. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to our podcast. Uh, the numbers have been looking great, and I just want to share my appreciation with you guys. If you do enjoy the podcast, please give it a review. Uh, on most podcasting platforms, you'll find a little review button. Um, I have noticed we've got a couple of extra Spotify ones, so thank you to whoever's done that, you legends. Um, look, we have a website as well, which has all of our socials on it. Uh, it is ogr.show. Uh, you can also listen to the podcast on there, and it will link you to all the platforms that we're on. Um, it also, uh, fellas, has a link to our Patreon, which brings me to the next subject. Thank you very much to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, those are Sukai, Moosey, Caging Runt, Sergeant Paul, Lee GD, J Libs, Brendan, Dan Fantastic, Strops, and Slatos. The list is growing. Thank you so much for continuing to support this podcast. Um, look, it actually really does help. So we're using the Patreon money to pump into videos and shorts to our other socials at the moment. So big, big thanks to you guys, as well as keep the lights on on the uh, website that we're running as well. So there is obviously fees uh, involved in that. Um, but without further ado, we've got a pretty packed quest log tonight. Now we might jump on in. Uh, as a quick little summary, we're going to be covering the Nintendo World Indie Showcase to start with tonight. Talk about our favorite games from, from that. There's some absolute bangers in there. Uh, a little bit of news on Amazon and what they've been up to. Unfortunately, not very great news. And then uh, look, what I really wanted to do is do some stuff that now that Captain Perth's not here, we can uh, you know talk about some things that we would, wouldn't usually talk about. So I'm hoping to have a bit of a discussion with Adrian about some disappointing game releases in recent years. A uh, bit of a hot topic. As well as esports and schools. We've got a teacher in our midst. We may as well talk about that. Uh, and then we'll finish off with our classics, the quick fire and other bits and pieces. No poll for you today, but there you go. So the indie showcase. Adrian, did you get your uh, did you have a bit of a look at this one? Yeah, I had a bit of a peep around. Um, I'm excited about Backpack Hero. I mm. played the demo of that a fair bit. I thought it was a really good take on the roguelike sort of like a, yeah, an interesting sort of spin on it. The sense everyone has played it or don't know about it. You play this uh, rat who has a backpack and the way that you put items in your backpack determine your abilities. So if you have like a sword, you could use your sword to attack. But if you put like a gem near the sword, it might, you know, uh, give attributes to the sword or all these different combinations. So it's almost like, you know, having a deck of cards, except you see them all at once and you can, you know, click them as you want. I've had it really, really fun, and I'll probably pick it up for the Switch because it'll be a perfect game for that. Have you been playing this, Adrian? Have you been playing uh, this Oh, Back with um, Hero? Hero. I only played the demo. Uh, okay. The demo was like on PC. Um, yeah. I played a bunch. It's, but, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's real funny, hey, because it's like it reminds me of, you know, the old Diablo 2, Diablo 3, where you've got the inventory space and you've got items that are like different yeah. shapes and you've got to kind of like make them fit in your inventory and... and it's kind of like a funny take on that. I've actually been playing a very similar game, which I'll cover in How's Your Game and Go On, called Backpack Battles, which is um, very similar. But I actually think this is going to be the next, you know, we've got these, you know, how Vampire Survivors kind of came about and, and took off in terms of that, that genre. I kind of feel yeah. like uh, if you have a look at these games right now on Twitch, mate, uh, Backpack Battles 
is copying like 12,000 viewers on Twitch, people watching that, and it's on a demo. Um, they're just really enjoyable games. Um, I like, the, I like the, the roguelite idea of this one as well. So obviously what that means is every run is a different run. Um, you know, you might find different items on a certain run and the way that you have those kind of positioned in your backpack, they'll do different things. How does the um, classes work, Adrian? Do they have like different um, weapons? I think the demo on? only had one class. Um, yeah, right. But there was, it was actually like quite beady for a demo. There were plenty of items. And just like the combinations of items and just sort of a general kind of roguelike thing of um, just making the best with what you got. Yeah, but it is pretty interesting it that like it took people took someone so long to turn inventory Tetris into its own <laughs> game. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, been a part yeah, of you know RPGs for ages, but no one's ever thought, well, what yeah, if it's... you know put one thing next to another thing actually made a difference? Um, yeah, I really enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, I'm definitely yeah, we're definitely seeing a few of these, uh, few of these games coming out at the moment. But Backpack Hero apparently it is available now on the on an Nintendo Shop. So if you want to play it on your Switch, I feel like a game like this is literally a perfect Switch game, right? Like yes, you know, oh, it's not going to be, it's not going to run like garbage, garbage. And um, <laughs> I just enjoy those roguelites. I, I was playing Hades for a while on Switch, and that worked really well as well. Yeah, I played it. I played through it on Switch. Play the Spire, Adrian, on Switch. Oh man, forget about it. Yeah. That is great. Um, another great Switch game. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's some good ones for it. But I think, like, yeah, as I was saying before, if, you, you know, if you're trying to sort of push your Switch, it just doesn't have the kind of grunt unless no. it's like a first-party sort of title, Nintendo-made title, where they could do a bit of wizardry or whatever. A little bit of wizardry. Um, it's funny because yeah. I remember the backpack management being a gripe of mine with the Diablo games. It's like, fuck, do I really have to, like, you know, like, Kind of move things around to make them fit. Diablo two, I think, was the worst because you'd, uh, yeah. you'd have have that yeah. Roderick cube and everything was kind of different sizes. You've got to like make it work somehow. But uh, no, this is cool. I like it. It's a cool little job. Um, yeah. So just I looked through this as well. Obviously, Out of Wilds the game's incredible. Oh, One of the best Out of games Wilds, ever made. Yeah. Just so you've good. told me to play that, mate. I still haven't oh, played man. Out of Wilds. It's yeah. out of control. Good. Uh, don't. Look up any spoilers or anything because a big part of the game is sort of doing that that period the method of discovery. Yeah, uh, but honestly, without a doubt, one of the best games I've ever played. It's like fully open world. So like when you start, you go wherever you want. The only thing that's stopping you from going to certain places is that you don't know how to do it. Right. So you don't get any upgrades or you know level up or anything. It's literally just knowledge. So like the for game those of is you just based on knowledge. It, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like you, you start and you're, you're like this fledgling astronaut on this tiny planet and it's your first space, like, like solo space flight. And so you get in your mm. spaceship and you get out and you start flying around and then you inevitably die because like, it's very easy to die, especially <laughs> when you don't know how to pilot a spaceship. Uh, and then uh, as when you die, you wake back up at the um, place you started in front of this campfire. And so... The game runs for like I think it's twenty two minutes, and then at the end of every twenty two minutes, the sun explodes, and you've got to figure so it's out like why is that. Day. Just yeah, start yeah, it's like Groundhog yeah, Day. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you go somewhere and you Man, find out so some piece of information, and that'll let you go somewhere else. You know, the better you get, the faster you Dude, can move. Sounds like There's pretty sort of time puzzles. It's game like design, hey? Oh man, it's incredibly good. I was like, and the, and the one problem with it 
is that you can't play it again. Because once you understand yeah, right. what you need you, to do. Because you can go finish it at the start. It's over, probably, right? right? So, like, yeah, if you want, you just go, you know, do whatever you have to do and then you're done. You, do it in, you can speed run in a minute, you know, 80%. <laughs> but yeah, right. that's just so, how good of a game it is. Like, So, Adrian, this is coming to Switch. Um, do you think this is going to run okay on Nintendo Switch? Do you think this is going to be all right? Yeah, I, it's not that uh, graphically complicated of a game. There's a fair bit going on in the sense that, like, it is, like, truly open world. There's nothing really gating your progress except how you get past certain things. Um, I think it would run all right, personally. Um, I'd recommend it to anybody. I guess it's puzzle-heavy because, uh, yeah. you know, the whole thing is, like, figuring stuff out, you know? But when you figure something out, you like, I'm probably the smartest person in the world. It really gives you that <laughs> feeling. Um, yeah, I love it. Because it, it's very good. It's very good. I okay. um, I regret that I can't play it. Again. Well, it's one thing that I haven't played played yet, so uh, maybe we'll keep I'll keep that on the uh, the list yeah. to, to pick up. Yeah. So this is the really Outer Wilds. It. Now, is there any difference, Adrian, in the Archaeologists edition? Is that something? I, I was trying to figure that different? out. Um, I couldn't find much in here. I think that it probably maybe has the expansion because they did release yeah, right. an expansion for it. Um, I haven't played the expansion because I'm too scared that it will ruin this perfect game um so i have no comment on the dlc yeah um but that's my thinking is that it's a um, combination of both there you go well look there was one uh i'll I'll jump in and do one of mine and then we can jump back to one of yours mate but i was uh quite interested in a game on the showcase called core keeper uh which is coming out winter 2024 so next year um, this is by a dev called Pugstorm. Um, they've created another game called Radical Rabbit Stew. Have you ever heard of that, you boys? Ever heard of Radical no. Rabbit Stew? No, neither did I. So <laughs> who knows what to expect here. But uh, <laughs> this, is, this is currently in early access at the moment on Steam. So you can go play it in early access, and it's copped a, a very positive review score. Um, the whole, I guess, stick of this game is that it's an exploration game um, there, you kind of explore these caverns. There's relics and resources, uh, and there's mining. It's basically a sandbox adventure game, but it's multiplayer, so one to eight players. The idea is that you yeah. mind, build, craft, and you uh, unravel the mysterious of this ancient core and some lore. Um, I read some reviews on it, and people are kind of saying that it's basically like a Terraria-like game with the visual style yeah. of uh, Stardew Valley. Like a little bit of Harvest Moon kind of thing in there. Yeah, a little bit of Harvest Moon thing in there. And look, I read this and I was like, wow, because like Terraria is one of my favorite games on PC. I've sunk like nearly a thousand hours into that game. I played multiple playthroughs with a good friend of mine and just really enjoy the whole mechanic of um, exploring and unlocking items and that kind of thing. And just from what I've read on this, it's very similar in, in, in the way that you find items and you've got to kind of upgrade through unlocking ores and then you get the next tier of items and then you can use items to turn those into better items. And yeah. um, it just kind of sounds pretty cool. I, I guess what I am worried about is some of the combat and other bits and pieces as a top down. I think Terraria was nice because uh, it was kind of like, I don't know how do you, how you explain the perspective, but you were looking side on. So it made the platforming quite easy. You could jump around and, and do bits and pieces where this top-down kind of look on this Stardew Valley, 
I'm unsure how it'll go with movement and other bits and pieces. I guess we'll see how it plays out. Um, but it looks really interesting. Um, I love both of the potential uh, uh, games that they've said this game is like, Stardew Valley, Cracker Art yep, Style, great game. Classic. And then uh, Terraria, also a Cracker game. So, yeah, we'll see kind of what happens with this one. But also being a one-to-eight player co-op game, Adrian, could be pretty interesting too. Yeah, that is that is cool because I know Stardew Valley came out with a co-op mod, but yeah. sort of by the time that happened, I played, you know, 500 hours of Stardew Valley. <laughs> so it might be nice to jump in day one kind of thing. Yeah, day one, get good. in there with your mates. Have you yeah. played Terraria, Adrian, by the way? Yeah, played I, I played it. I played it. I didn't get too but I didn't have anyone to play with, really. Look, I think it's one, of those, it's one of, of those games you like, either love or you hate, hey? Like, yeah. Something... I've had it pretty hard to get used to the controls and aiming and stuff. It is. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bit jank. But, yeah, it was a while back. It was a while back when I played it. I don't even know if it had properly released, maybe. Um, I'm not sure if it went early access or something, but it would have been right at the beginning, I think, when I played it. Yeah. Because um, um, I know they, like, updated it. Tons, oh, right? dude, like, they just kept... It's one yeah. of those games kind of like, similar to um, No Man's Sky where they bought out the base game and then they just continually pumped it with free content yeah. for ages until just recently, actually. I can't remember when that game was released. It's one of the um, greatest reviewed games of all time. But um, yeah, right. they, their last update they had was called the Final Journey or something and it was the last big update. Um, just to address uh, Sick Jose in the chat, yeah, Core Keeper has been around for quite a while on Steam in early release. So this is the full uh, release uh, coming out, uh, it will be coming to Switch as well. So we're look, looking at winter 2024. But all things said, as I started, uh, looking very positive in terms of reviews in the early, early release at this stage. So, yeah, pretty cool. There you go. Um, any other games on the uh, list you wanted to talk about, Adrian? Uh, nothing that I'm too familiar with. Obviously, I, I played Braid. I don't know if you guys I'd... ever played that when it came out. Yeah. Um, it was cool. It was like a 2D side-scrolling puzzle game uh, where the basic central conceit was that you can manipulate time. So you right. can rewind stuff, um, fast-forward stuff, and so you, the puzzle's sort of crafted like in terms of that. Um, but then it was very like just very well put together. So when you uh, re- rewind time, the music mm. would rewind as well in this really oh, cool really? way. <laughs> You know, not like a sort of record scratch or anything, but it was almost like a different song back to front. Um, it just feels like a lot of attention was paid to this game. Even like the narrative of the game kind of links in with the gameplay, yeah. which I think is a really cool thing when uh, developers or pop developers can do that. Yeah. Sort of make them both like thematically consistent. Uh, yeah, I do like puzzle games. Um, that's another one worth picking up, I reckon. It's, right. No one's really made a game like it since. Yeah, and speaking of um, games being quite unique, I don't know if you had a chance to check out How, but uh, it's another one of the indie games in this showcase. Um, This is currently out on Steam, but I reckon the art style for this game and what it's, I guess, touting itself as is something that I've never seen before. And and just to explain it to the listeners, it's this very uh, strange graphic where it's almost like on a map and someone has hand-drawn um, hand-drawn the animations and as you're kind of moving around it almost looks like someone is drawing you moving through the plots um, now the actual game experience of how is uh, it's kind of like a strategy game 
you plan your move up to six steps in advance. And the idea is there is enemies on the map and you need to kind of outmaneuver them using uh, a bunch of skills that you unlock in the game. Um, so I guess it's this kind of like strategy, uh, strategy yeah. puzzle puzzle game. But I just That's thought the arts... Like... Oh, so you ever played Into the Breach? No, never played Into the Breach. No. That was by the guys, that, the people that made um, Faster Than Light. Ah, and that right. worked on this idea that like you could see what the enemies were going to do. Um, you could basically see one move ahead and you would so you use have that. To react. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And um that was pretty cool. It's a pretty fun game. So yeah, anything like that I think is like pretty interesting. Yeah, so this is currently out already. Um currently out on Steam uh and on Switch now. But I thought it thought it just looked pretty cool. Um I haven't really seen any reviews about it yet, but yeah, something maybe if you're looking for something a little bit different. Uh, the idea is that uh, a sinister howl has plagued uh, Ravaged Land, turning all who hear it into feral beasts, and then you play a deaf heroine, who obviously couldn't hear the howl, and you plunge into danger in search for a cure. So, um, yeah, a little bit of hot lore there for you. Something a bit different, but seems cool. Maybe worth checking out. Now, the other one I want to talk about, the last one for me, Adrian, is Moonstone Island. Um, I thought it looked pretty interesting. So this is coming out, uh, this released 21st of September on Steam. So it's already out on Steam, but it's coming 20, 2024 to Nintendo Switch. Um, it has a few thousand reviews on Steam already, and it's coming through as very positive. It's made by a dev called Raw Fury, and they have got a couple of games that have might be familiar with. One of them is Cassette Beasts under their belt. So... Um, we know the OGR, that's a certified banger, that particular game. But look, what to expect from here? It is essentially a um, Moonstone Island is a creature collecting. It's a life sim. It includes building and farming. It's set in an open world with over 100 islands to explore. Um, basically, you make friends or NPCs and you brew potions, but also you collect spirits in the form of cards. And it kind of goes into a, almost like a card turn-based strategy um, encounter game. Um, that you do it. So it has what looks to be a few different uh, things happening. Once again, the art style of the game itself looks quite a lot like Stardew Valley. I know that I've said that a, lot, a little bit today, but you have farming, you know, using your pickaxe, you're growing fruit and veg, and then you see yourself exploring around the universe and collecting these cards to battle. So I actually think this looks pretty freaking cool and unique. Uh, definitely worth uh Potentially checking out. Any any thoughts on this oh. one? But is this have you guys seen this? Is this just coming no, out no. nowhere? Yeah. yeah, I have no idea. Um, I just think it's interesting, like to sort of think about how many games now come to Steam first and then go to a console. So it's yeah. been like since you know since when, when Steam came out, like two thousand and eight or something like that. Yeah, just so slowly, it's just like basically almost subsumed <laughs> everything else. You know, <laughs> like um, yeah, yeah. Well, other than it's definitely my preferred gaming platform and has been for a long time. It's oh, just yeah there's, yeah, there's no there's no getting them though, just first in, you know. They invented it, they invented the idea. Do you remember oh yeah, when and it, I guess it, you remember when Epic oh, you know, Games um, Pass was playing devs, paying devs, Adrian, to like bring their yeah. games exclusive to Epic. Do they still do yeah. that stuff or what? Oh I d I don't know, man. I don't open up Epic Game Store. Yeah. Even though they've given me free games, I'm like, nah, I'll probably just probably just be on Steam. because uh, I think Steam's got that advantage of being like the first people uh, to do it. And it's also interesting that uh, they did it in order to sell Half-Life. 
um, which had its wrong. 25th anniversary like recently. They've just updated the game, actually. They've um, done this massive content patch for the original Half-Life. So, so, if you so got explain on Steam, that to me again. Steam download. came out to, to sell Half-Life or something. Is that what it was originally? Yeah, so they uh, originally, I'll try to remember because I was teaching the kids about this because um, we were learning about like uh, innovation, disruption, like in this is for house, like for economics. Yeah. And they had the game Half-Life and it was being distributed through Sierra. You guys remember that old I remember uh, Sierra, yeah. company? They had Quest, a, um, or that they kind of stuff. They um, brought um, uh, Titan Quest, I think. Was that Sierra? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, they, want, they needed a way to, to patch it, I think. Uh, because the problem with uh, the way they were making games then is that you'd just put it on the disc and then you'd give the disc away. And there was no way really to patch games. So mm. they were like, well, we need to come up with some sort of system in which we can patch this game after release. And so they um, figured out a way to do it, which I think uh, they figured out, a way how to, figured out a way to do it. And then eventually it sort of started turning into a uh, digital distribution network for, <laughs> for, for games yeah, and it uh, you know i think but i think the most important thing about steam is that even in the beginning it just worked like i don't really remember having any problems like buying yeah. a game off steam and just playing it and the ui made sense and yeah yeah and, I, and um, I tell you what that is that's rare adrian like i know that the ubisoft launcher oh my god oh that my gave god. Me headaches and uh, mouth, Epic, Epic Game Store was like even worse. Like, I remember seeing it just like absolutely maxing my RAM out when I had it. Yeah. I actually, um, I think I told you this. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But I actually had my Epic account, account hacked. Um, someone got on there obviously to get after my Fortnite skins. I also, <laughs> had, I had, also had a heap of fucking skins on um, Fall Guys and stuff. And you know what? I just said, oh, well. Yeah. That's that done. Yeah. Same, same thing happened to my Ubisoft account. You know, I was like, try to log in. And, I, you know, they're like, oh, you know, you can make a report or something and talk to us. We can help you get your account back. It's like, just don't worry about it. Actually, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. I just won't use it. It's all good. Just play Steam. Yeah. Well, look, that was the Nintendo Showcase. I guess um, really quickly there were a couple of other little bits and pieces. Do I have it? Um, we're not going to run through every game in here. Look, I think we've talked about the ones that we're the most excited about. I guess some other ones, just in case you are interested. We had Shantae Advance, Risky Revolution. Uh, we had On Your Tail, which kind of looks like a, uh, a sleuth story-driven life sim. Um, How, which I've spoken about. The star named Eos as well, which is a first-person storytelling puzzle game. Lots of, lots of puzzle games in here. Um, we had Blade Chimera, which I actually thought looked pretty cool. Um, this is kind of like a uh, 2D action game. Um, you have a sword and you can do bits and pieces. Uh, they had another one called Highland Song, which was kind of like a uh, replayable adventure game they're touting it as. Uh, and then uh, a few other titles. Uh, just go check it out. If you want to have a look, there's some absolute bangers in there. I think, um, you know, I'm all for indie games. I think um, seeing them come to Switch is, is pretty cool. So, yeah. That's that. Now, Adrian, Amazon. Yep. Look, it's been a bit of a shocking year, really, um, in terms of gaming and tech companies um, cutting jobs. You know, we've seen Epic Games cut jobs. We've seen Ubisoft. Um, we've seen other things like Twitter and LinkedIn and a bunch of other places basically cutting jobs. Well, the newest one, 
Amazon lays off 180 employees from the gaming division. What are your thoughts on this, mate? Uh, did any, any initial make any, initial any good games? <laughs> That's True. sort of my opinion on it. Um, it sucks for layoffs. I mean, it sucks people lose their jobs. Yeah. Um, but they, I mean, when they released New World and they had, what was the other one that they did? I didn't realize that Amazon were actually releasing games. That's wild. But yeah, I guess yeah, so. I think there was a few games that they released um, and they picked up uh, or they localized or brought in uh, Lost Ark. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. If, I think I played that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it sort of seems to me like uh, Amazon Games, their strategy, they want to get these sort of online multiplayer games, whether they be like MMOs or arena battlers or anything like that. And it's a hard market to break into. Yeah. Look, I actually kind of Uh, agree. They they didn't quite know what they were doing as a whole. So um, they, the Amazon, Amazon games division also does things like uh, the downloadable games from the Amazon prime membership as well. That comes into that. Um, And they have the Twitch, they have like the Twitch Prime services where you get like free cosmetics and they work with brands and stuff to figure out which free shit you're getting as part of that. Um, yeah. yeah, and a bunch of games under that 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 publishing thing you're speaking about. But yeah, it always kind of seemed like uh, a bit of a strange one for me around. I mean, when you think about 180 jobs, that's quite a few jobs in a gaming division. Like, you know, what are they? What yeah, are they oh, 100. Seems like a lot. Um, yeah, I guess because they, they, they've had a few on the go. I mean, Crucible, I think, lasts for a little bit and then they cancelled it. And then New World, I'm not sure if New World is Oh, still dude, going. is New World an Amazon game, is it? Um, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, yeah, New World is... I'm pretty sure they were behind it. New World is great. People um, were getting right into that. Yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, developed by Amazon Games. I, was, I don't know, I just kind of feel like in terms of MMOs... Um, yeah. Everybody, most people don't want to play MMOs. They want to play World of Warcraft. <laughs> you know, yeah. either that um, or Final Fantasy, right? Or Final right. Fantasy, or something like that. It's like yeah. sort of Amazon. It seems like they're picking these genres that are dominated by like a couple of titans, like getting an arena yeah. battler out, and then now you're competing with Overwatch, you're competing with Dota, you're competing with League of Legends. You take out an MMO, you're competing with. Uh, yeah, you're competing with World of Warcraft. You're competing with Final yeah. Fantasy. It's a lot, isn't and it? And, like, people are invested in these games. You know, they've played, spent a bunch of time in them. They've got a bunch of stuff in there. Yeah. So how are you going to get them to come over yeah. to yours? I actually thought like about it. And, and you know what? That's the only reason why Final Fantasy took off. I reckon they were in the right place at the right time. Like, yeah. when Final Fantasy started to take off was when um, World of Warcraft started to shit the bed a little bit. There was a lot of internal controversy and people weren't yeah. happy with their newest offering and people went, oh, let's go try this MMO, which was uh, in a good place at the time and um, they've done a recent but even, job. Yeah, even uh, the Final Fantasy MMO, they basically rebuilt it. Yeah. They released it. It wasn't good. They took it back. They worked on it. They released it again, and it was much better. Yeah. You don't really have companies doing that. Well, not to that degree. I think, like, if you consider, like, Anthem came out, was bad somehow, even though it was about flying around like Iron Man. Yeah. And they went, okay, well, that's it. They were going to support Anthem for years to come. Dude. We're no longer supporting what Anthem. What is that MMO that has been around 
forever that still gets played that is, is a non-subscription MMO and it's like still popular. What is that called, man? I see, it was around when I was like a kid. Not RuneScape, all right? It's not maybe RuneScape. Ma- maybe Maple Story. Maybe might, might have been Maple Story. It's, uh, maybe. No, anybody I don't, in I don't the chat? Anybody know what we're talking about? RuneScape? EverQuest? No, nah, not EverQuest. Keep bantering out. Anyway, um, Guild Wars. Guild Wars. That's the one. Guild Wars. Yeah. I never Thank played you. Guild Wars. I played Guild Wars 2. I thought it was incredible. I thought it was yeah, one Guild of the, the better ones. It's really fun. Guild Wars is the one. Um, So, Adrian, Amazon have now cut 27,000 roles over the past year. Um, They had a bit of a statement around this uh, recent 180 jobs lost. They said, after our initial restructure in April, April, it became clear that we needed to focus our resources even more on the areas that are growing with the highest potential to drive our business forward. And just going back to what you're saying around potentially getting rid of some of the Deadwood around, you know, what they're investing their time and money in. I think that's the clear picture here. But I will say that yeah, you know, just make other games, different games. Don't make yeah. MMOs. Yeah, make smaller games. Use make your Amazon games. money to buy buy some IP licensing that hasn't been used yet, and then make that game. Sell that. I don't. Know. Just I'm not a just game designer. Just in a broader sense here, though, you know, we are seeing a lot of tech and gaming companies slimming out in terms of actual resources. Um, you know, we covered another story on the show here around Ubisoft Montreal, I think, almost halving their dev team and, you know, job. I think there was job cuts at Bungie recently and other things. What's your take, Adrian, on like, do you think this poses a risk to our beloved video games when we're seeing these dev teams and bits and pieces slimming out? I think that, I don't think gaming is under threat because there are more and more games being made that are awesome. <laughs> it's just not by the big guys. It's the kind of the way that I feel. It's like, um, you know, Bungie, for example, invented Halo, the third-person shooter, except for GoldenEye, that allowed, <laughs> that was, you're able to play, first-person shooter, you're able to play on a controller, you know, because that didn't really exist before. And even like GoldenEye, that was, that was a pretty dicey control scheme. Um, it was. And that was amazing. It was revolutionary. It pretty much allowed people to make first-person shooters for consoles. Uh, but yeah, then they, you know, there's a, still a piece of me, Adrian, that thinks that fucking anyone that plays the controller is like, you know, not good enough to play on keyboard and mouse. But the fact of the matter now is that most of the pros that play Fortnite and stuff like that are all playing on controllers and building and shooting and yeah, that kind of thing. So, and I, yeah, and I, th- yeah, I think like, um, yeah, it did change the game really, it like literally did. Uh, but then you know, the company gets massively successful. And then at a certain point, it feels like the people that made the game go somewhere else because they want to do something different because that's what they made Halo for first time. Yeah. Because they wanted to create something that didn't exist. And so I think, like, you've got these companies that are try- trying to sort of hook their, like, hat or whatever on a big earner. Like, for Bung- Bungie, it's Destiny. Yeah. You know, everything has been yeah. funneled to that. They don't, they don't make any other games. Yeah. You know, for World, uh, for Blizzard, they've got what three franchises? You know, Diablo, yeah. and, Overwatch, and they keep Lost trying other remake when they keep trying yeah. other ones as well, which fail. You know, they tried their hand at MOBA with um, um, Heroes of the Storm. Um, yeah, and I really I feel I... like they tried to crack the um, uh, like PvP shooter um, with Overwatch competitive scene, like yeah. make an esport out of that. 
although yeah. the game was was pretty good, they didn't crack that. There's no way. It's There's just, no yeah. way that I've watched two successful now. Like, it's, oh no, it's, no, 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 no way, no. And then we also didn't need to exist. Yeah, just straight up didn't <laughs> did happen. Um, yeah. I actually thought Heroes of the Storm was really good. I thought it was a really good take on MOBAs. It was like more accessible than Dota, which is important because yeah, like Dota is just crazily complicated. The learning curve on that game it has no. to be one of the worst, mate. Surely. I remember like trying to show my friend how to play it and I was like telling him there was stuff to do and I was just like thinking, how did I learn how to do this? <laughs> yeah. Like none of this stuff makes any sense and it's, yet okay. I know it somehow. This is what's crazy. and this is, I'm not over-exaggerating here. You can have 2,000 hours in Dota and still be considered a, a, a learner at that game. Yeah, you're looking at it. He's right here. Yeah, me too. Of course I know it. I've got, got 4,000. <laughs> There's got to be no other game that's like that. Like it is yeah. such a such a deal. And still successful somehow. I think yeah. Dota's Dota for me. I think the real um, draw for it is watching people who are good at it play it. It's got oh, this yeah. like the, the skill ceiling is so high that you can do some really really incredible stuff. Heroes of the Storm didn't have that complexity, yeah. but it had enough. You know, rather than sort of items, you would have talent trees. You pick different talents every few levels. Yeah, and that was kind and- of how you would build your character. Yeah, it was it cool. It was cool. And I like the shared experience thing, although it pissed me off yeah. when I first started playing it. But I actually think that might have worked an advantage because it kind of uh, it meant that you didn't get as stomped in lane and you weren't punished as hard for losing your lane yeah. because likely one of your other lanes is winning. So you kind of get evened out in experience there. And then um, you're like, going to gank someone, you know, you're missing out. You're going lower. You better make something happen. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. But it's a shame they cancelled it, you know. Yeah. And Panda. like... I wonder yeah. what the queue times in Oz region are. Probably fucking Ooh. like three days to get a game right now. You probably just get it one game after the other with the same people. <laughs> probably. Just back um, to back. You know what I love about what's happening right now, Adrian? This is mm-hmm. me and Captain Perth where we're talking about Amazon layoffs and we end up talking about Heroes of the Storm <laughs> for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll circle back. We'll circle back around. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. So, look, that's all I really wanted to say about that. Look, there is, I think this is a pretty interesting space. Um, you know, we're seeing huge cuts across gaming and tech and everything else. So, um, I guess watch this space a little bit. But it's good to have Adrian's insights on this. Doesn't think it's going to impact us because, hey, there's little guys making great games still. Those indie devs. Yeah, yeah. People and, make them all the time. And, and the guys that are access than ever. And the big guys that are continually making video games are like making one video game, and they're still doing a pretty good job at that too. So, um, or they're totally blowing it. One of the two. Or they're or they're actually not doing a good job. Um, right. So, uh, payday three, Adrian. Did you play any of the payday games? Have you played? I played a lot of payday two. Have I really, you really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I used to. Um, it got a little bit complicated when they started like you know releasing all these different packs and that yeah. kind of stuff. They, they uh, ended up sort of including microtransactions and stuff in, into that yeah. game. Yeah, I was sort of, I just sort of out of it by then. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was a really fun port shooter uh, when there weren't too many of those. So, look, I've never played the game, but I, I actually had someone reach out to me over Discord, um, shout out to Big Ozman, say, Grizz, you should talk about how shit Payday 3 is because, fuck, they didn't do a very good job of that game. So I went and did a bunch of research on this, but... Look, essentially, and please please um, feel free to add to this, Adrian, but the Payday games are kind of like these co-op shooter games where the idea is that it's a heist. So you want to get in, 
you want to get some loot and you want to extract without dying. Is that essentially what we're looking at for yeah. payday games? Yeah. Yep, hundred percent. You got to, you got to get in there. You know, for one of them, for example, you might be robbing a bank. Um, you got to get into the bank, disable the guards before they raise the alarm. Then, like, put a drill on the safe, defend the drill by drills. You know, like a sort of tower defense or whatever. Yeah. And then get the van outside. And so, depending on how stealthily you do it. You might be able to do the whole thing without firing a single shot. Oh man, that's actually a or, really cool, cool idea. Yeah, for a, that's a cool it, idea it, for a game. I like that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of fun because often, most of the time, ninety-nine yeah. percent of the time, something will go wrong, and then you just fire, you skill waves of like police and guards and stuff, just wave after wave, wait till there's a lull, you know. And it was it was fun because you're like filling bags full of cash, throwing the bags to each other. There was yeah. like a fair bit of sort of strategy and. Um, sort of variants in the levels themselves based on how you were going about it. I really liked it. I was really looking forward to Payday 3. Have, but, you, um, have, you, have you looked at Payday 3? Did you have a look at some reviews before you wanted yeah, to dive well, in? Yeah, I, I just sort of heard that it wasn't very good. Um, yeah. Looked a bit further, but to me it sort of seems like just nobody can play it. Yeah, I think like, that is the major issue. We may as well go over some of the issues. Look, the game, look, I will say this, right? Like, I'm not saying... That this game can't be good. I think this game can be good. However, I do think the dev team hasn't done a particularly good job at implementing patch changes in a timely manner. So let's just yeah. go through some of the issues, right? This this game released out of the box. Um, it is an only online game. You cannot play um, locally. And they had consistent and game-breaking matchmaking issues and server problems. Um, big wait times to get into games, queues, other bits and pieces. But on top of that, there were other bugs as well. There were game-baking game bugs that had performance issues. Um, essentially, yeah, the game, like you say, Adrian, was pretty much unplayable out of the box. Um, and because of this, uh, it quite quickly found itself on um, Steam's top 100 worst games on Valve in terms of its rating, um, in terms of how many negative reviews it had copped, uh, coming up at number 26. Um, they have more uh, concurrent viewers on Payday, concurrent players on Payday 2 than they have on Payday 3 still to date. And it's just been a very disappointing release for a lot of fans that were looking forward to the third uh, game in the series. And it kind of makes me wonder, Adrian, after releasing two of these, how can you, how can you fuck it up that bad to have it unplayable? I'm trying to think if Payday 2 was always online. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Um, Maybe that's the difference. Maybe yeah, could... I think that's part, that'd be part of it. But you've, it's like follows a sort of trend in other games that we've seen released this year, like uh, Warhammer Darktide, yeah. yeah, for example, that yeah. released and it was um, yeah, I mean, pretty buggy. Let's say yeah, uh, yeah, that's actually know, on my list. That was on my list to talk about. Uh, yeah, disappointing um, release of the year. Yeah, I played a bunch of it. I know it's a very very fun game, mm. um, but there's just these things that like yeah, you know, the disconnects the bugs, all that kind of stuff, it seems to just really halt the kind of momentum that a game can develop. Like yeah. you want when your game releases and it's one of those games, like an online game where you need other people to play it, you need everybody playing that game at the same time and talking about that game at the same time. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then you I mean they're getting people talking about the game at the same time, but none of them none of it's positive because people can't play it. You know, and the same thing with Dark Tide. I really enjoyed it, but it just lost all this momentum because it was impossible to play. 
mate, you hit the nail on the head. I downloaded that game, played it on release, decided that I would come back later to revisit it once it's fixed. And I just, you know what? I just haven't come back. There's been yeah, other games it. that have released. There's other games out there, man. Like, um, I keep meaning to get back to it, but there are other games releasing. That would actually be a really cool one to play with our group of mates, Adrian, I reckon. Yeah, I recommend, night. man. It's, uh, it's fun. Because I, I don't know if you've played Vermintide or Vermintide yeah, I 2. So I actually clocked quite a lot of hours in Vermintide 2. Yeah. Curdy, and I used to play it on stream, mate, because it had the stream integration that was awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, Real we could fun. like load in a bunch of enemies for you. Yeah, load like in that. enemies yeah. and give you like power ups. See, and... that's a good idea, right? Because that's the kind of the two things that you need to hit, I think, when you're making one of those games. People will be yeah. playing it, people will be talking about it. And that's yeah. kind of Steam integration or that kind of streaming integration. It's both of those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I'd be interested to hear your take on this, but you know, we've seen games that release out of the box that have been garbage. Well, you know, not particularly well perceived and Yep. Couple that come, a couple that spring to mind is Cyberpunk and No Man's Sky. Um, do you think there's a potential redemption arc in Payday 3? Do you think that maybe they can fix this over time? I mean, I guess good? it depends. I think, I mean, I have, can't comment it because I haven't played it, but like the core gameplay loop of Payday, assuming they don't change it too much, is just really fun. The shooting's pretty good. Um, working stuff out, like just the act of like throwing a bag full of cash to your mate who's standing down near the van. <laughs> You know, yeah. while well, you just fire bag after bag of cash to him from yeah. the top, top from the bank roof or whatever. That's fun. Yeah. That's just a fun That does seem so, cool. That actually does seem They could really definitely fun. turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's a good game. Um, I'm saying I haven't played Payday mm. 3, but it just depends if they're going to put the time in and if I've got the money yeah, and I guess to put the, the time in. Because I'm not sure how much money Fat Shark has. They're not a massive developer. Like, they can't sort of release Diablo 4 and then do all the stuff that you've got to do to make Diablo 4 yeah. good. I don't know if they've got the funding to kind of... Well, here's the thing, right? You know, like, throw that money. I read an article today about this, and the guy was comparing it to Lords of the Fallen, the new one, right? Which yeah. released quite bad on launch. However, within two weeks of that launching, they released patches basically every single day with bug fixes and patch notes. And where that game is now is actually in a really stable, great spot. It plays well. Still some minor performance issues in the menuing, which I was talking to you um, about before the stream today. But um, the devs for Payday 3 have released one patch with very minimal bug fixes in it, which haven't changed the the big broader issue, which is the matchmaking issues. So the community isn't particularly stoked with Payday 3, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I guess... We'll see. But what I kind of wanted to segue to here is talking about uh, why Payday 3 fucking sucks is we've actually had a few of these games release in recent times, and I would say quite a lot this year. Um, and just quickly yeah, talking about a few of those. Like yeah. So, look, a couple from me. I think Gollum has to be talked about. That is literally one of the worst releases <laughs> I've seen of all time. It was, like, so fucking who, janky. Who was asking for it? Who was, who was asking, asking for a game about Gollum? Yeah, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, Adrian. I actually um, saw that originally, and I was like, I was telling Cap on the podcast, saying, "Man, I'm really looking forward to this Gollum game. The idea sounds amazing." But and Cap was like, "No, nah, it looks like shit." And then it came out, and it's like exactly as he said it. Yeah, um, the, I don't know. Um, the other one that I wanted to talk about is the yeah the, the the King Kong game, which I think I may have sent you a YouTube video to watch, but it's like. It's like someone has created that for the PlayStation 1. That is literally what the graphics look like. And it is 
It's like I, I just cannot believe that they could release a game like that. Um, we covered this in in a recent episode as well. If you want to catch up on that, you can see it there. Um, any other personal ones for you, Adrian, that have come out recently that um, that have um, been disappointing? Yeah, well, Diablo Four. Yeah. Um, well, just I don't know, man. It just uh, it just seems crazy to me that they released it in in the state it was released in. Yeah, I did enjoy playing it um, with my girlfriend. That was fun. It was good to get like a hard part for us playing games is that it needs to be complicated enough for me to enjoy it and simple enough for her to play it. He's not yeah. very doesn't play very many video games. Uh, Diablo Four kind of like really hit that right in the middle because it's got all the like the loot and optimization for me. Yeah, she can just run in and smash stuff with an axe. You know? So I like that about it. But the, my biggest problem with it was just like, why is it back here when Diablo Three was here? Yeah, like, would you not just start it from here? What, what the yeah. stuff you learned from Diablo Three, yeah. or uh, God forbid, do something a little bit different. Like they, the they went is, too they went too safe with it. We actually, you know, the most yeah. successful OGR episode we've had to date is one called "Why Die Why Die Bad," and it was a half the episode was talking about why Diablo Four has performed the way it has. And look, I can resonate with what you're saying, but yeah. where we kind of landed from that discussion is that it comes down to um, uh, Blizzard as a company and pleasing the shareholders that are sitting there and going, yeah. You know, they don't want to do anything that's not too safe, but the game is designed to waste your time. That's essentially yeah. what it does. And, and there's all these little things like to keep you playing because some suit saw that <laughs> for every minute, sort of graph that said for every minute a character a player is in game, they have a 0.4% chance to purchase yeah. something from the in-game shop. Yeah. And so they went, okay, well, then we'll just keep them in the game longer. And yep. then keep that in the game longer. Will, and we'll just, like, we'll just push the shop to the Battle.net launcher so that you yeah. can see that. Like, I don't know we'll if you've opened so that, the Battle.net launcher, but it's the first thing that pops up is like the cosmetics that you can buy yeah. in, in Diablo 4. Click on it. If you click again, you, you're like targeted straight over the buy now button. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've long had this theory and I just see more and more like reinforcement examples of why I'm correct. It's that the best stuff is made when it's one genius and then everybody throws money at that genius until they do the thing that they wanted to Fuck, do. Fuck, man. You hit know? the nail on the head. You're like, exactly you right. look at any of... Taika Waititi's films, for example, like he made a film about a young Nazi and he played Hitler in the film. Mm. And you tell that to any boardroom or any focus group or anything, they'd be like, absolutely, you can't make that (laughs) film. No way. But it's honestly one of the best films I've ever seen. Like it's so like emotionally rich and interesting. And that's just the idea of you just have one genius and then everyone just goes, okay, cool. We'll just help the genius do what he's doing. I said this to Cap and this is, the TikTok that raised a bit of controversy from us was when Cap said that um, um, Starfield is fucking boring. But I reckon it's fucking boring because they've got like 20 different minds that are all in there trying to make a game that kind of yeah. fits some kind of mold that they've got. And it's it's lost the passion project of one individual person or a couple of individual people that are driving it. Yeah, like, that were like, um, you know, can you imagine when they made like Daggerfall or... Borrowwind, Borrowwind. You know, yeah, like, absolutely. Um, that was just like a bunch of people that are like, we've got this idea. No, the only people doing it making those massive worlds. There was no one, no one else in the yeah. in the gaming space making that kind of world. But then, as sort of time went on, they just kept doing that, you know. And they sort of have that sort of the Ubisoft disease where you can't throw anything from the last game out. 
you know, like every Ubisoft <laughs> game has like everything yeah. from the previous game, no matter what, even if it shouldn't be in there, if it should be like refined out. Um, Skyrim, oh, sorry, Bethesda seemed to do the same thing. So like, like I just, I just started laughing when you get like space shouts or whatever. Mm. And like, you know. Yeah, it, the space shouts. Yeah. yeah, it's the same shit. Why? To what look, end? Look, I know that people are probably listening to this and going, why aren't the boys covering the Game Awards? Because we've got I'm the, getting um, worked we've up. got them coming out. Look, Cap, Cap said that he wants to save the Game Awards for a special point in time. Um, so that will be coming in a future episode. But while we're on Starfield, I do quickly want to say that Starfield did not receive a nomination for Game of the Year. And I am absolutely not surprised by that at all. And I don't think it deserves one. And there's going to be a few people out there, and there is a few people out there that are pretty upset and disappointed that Starfield isn't in there because they're the Bethesda fans. But um, look, it's just not a creative game. There's games out there like Baldur's Gate 3 that's on the list. There's games out there like Tatok that came out this year that's on the list, amongst some others. But yeah, interesting. Interesting one, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't played Starfield. Uh, because there's nothing to it. Um, nothing to it. What was the one that had Redfall? That was a big one for me in terms of disappointing games. Um, yeah. Because it was made by Arcane, who made Prey, one of the best games I've ever played. And it was like a co-op horde shooter with, you know, the, from the guys that made like Dishonored and Dishonored 2. Right, those kind of things. I was like, this game should be amazing. And it just turned out it was just garbage in like yeah. beyond the game design level to like this wasn't finished, right? So you seem to it have wasn't like enough. It wasn't enough all these games the releasing. Yeah. And it's I don't know, it's all this sort of idea of like these games releasing. And then um, I was reading about it, it's like idea of like a minimum viable product. You release something that is just good enough. To be played, yep. and then you improve it, and so that way you get a, a like an income stream on that. Rather than spending your money uh, to improve it, you're actually getting income, which you could then spend on improving it. And I think like Diablo <sighs> Four, Overwatch Two, to a degree, um, have these kind of like similar sort of uh, similar sort of like style or setup. I think especially mm. for these games as a service, whereas like I think I'm um, Cyberpunk. 2077 was just too ambitious yeah. for CD Projekt Red because I don't know if you played it, um, the latest patch. I think they patched it maybe last month Yeah. Um, with when they released the DLC. The game is awesome. It's such a good game. Dude, um, No Man's Sky is exactly the same. Yeah. Too, isn't it? You know, like they, what, what they originally said in the showcase, and that was that was the issue with that release of that game because they promised so much to oh, the yeah. base and then just completely came out with something just, yeah. that, that wasn't there. But if you look at that game now, now they have achieved what they originally said they, they wanted to achieve in that game and probably then some. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, um, I think it's... Um, oh, sorry, you go. No, I was going to say Forspoken is another one for me. That oh, yeah. yeah. I think that was a uh, another bit of a flash in the pan. But, um, yeah, disappointing game release. I feel like there's been a couple, mate, a couple this, couple this year. But you know what? It kind of has made up for it, Adrian, because we have had some absolute crackers that have released uh, this year as well. So, um, oh yeah, oh 100%. It was an absolutely fantastic games. Baldur's Gate three, obviously, so good. good, so Just good, so fun and interesting with good writing and voice acting and characters and plot yeah. twists and combat and you know just like all the stuff that you want. They just I'm constantly surprised playing that game with the voice acting. It's yeah. just constantly 
well. Hey, um, look, moving us along, I really, really wanted to get to this subject, so we're going to talk about this for a bit. But um, look, esports, um, esports, it's interesting, right? Because essentially there's a few articles, one that is uh, particularly relevant. It was on the ABC News the other night, but it was around uh, parents and teachers um, encouraging uh, esports and rethinking uh, video gaming and the impression on their children that video gaming has had. So uh, this comes off the back of the explosion in the popularity of esports, and it's forcing parents and teachers to rethink, rethink their resistance to video games and uh, welcome them into the classroom. So Adrian, yourself as a as a school teacher, um, we've kind of heard that there is a and a gamer. There is a bunch of schools that have uh, esports as co curricular activities in schools. Uh, it's something that's being embraced in in the curriculum. Have you seen this, mate? Have you seen esports I, schools and stuff? I haven't seen any uh, the schools I've been at. Um, I think it's a good idea. There's really no reason why uh, you shouldn't have these kind of competitive uh, games for the people that aren't naturally like physically gifted or you know coordinated yeah. or whatever. Because just sort of thinking about this, because I've done a bit of reading on it, thinking about it, it's like. Uh, this idea of like sort of non, non-athletic kids kind of miss out a little bit on that camaraderie and school spirit just by the nature of that they don't get to represent their school. You know, Absolutely. they might get to do it in like, um, you know, it's in an academic sense, but rarely are those like, you know, you're there with like a team of other people and yeah. you learn how each other play. Yeah, you got to yeah, run you know? test. Well done. Like, yeah. yeah. We work together. Yeah, absolutely. So I think like that's a real big benefit in that sense, you know, mm. opening up that kind of, you know, like a social aspect and competitive aspect to the, to all all kids, but depend like regardless of their ability um, or where their talents lie. I thought another interesting thing about that sort of focus on esports in schools. Um, I've and I've thought about this previously. It's that like there's got to be some way that you can incorporate gaming into education properly, yeah. And not in the sense of like you know I don't know if you guys ever played those like math blaster games. Or whatever when you're at school, but yeah. like they, they don't integrate the game into the knowledge. It's like you do something gamey, and then they're like, okay, now solve a math problem. You're like, <laughs> but I was having fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know um, that Minecraft education is an interesting one, and I don't know whether you've come across this, but um, Joyce, she is in year three. I know that she gets to play Minecraft at school, and they do things like they'll write a little paragraph. So they say. The house, it has a girl, a boy, a dog, uh, and um, live with the dad, and and you kind of got to, like, build your house based on the paragraph that you've just read. And kind Yeah, of that's cool. That's a good idea. Incorporating um, that in there. Because I teach, teach comprehension, which is an important skill that kids are going to learn, um, <laughs> yeah. and I teach you yeah, like, how to represent it. Um, I think, yeah, games are really good at um, like really positive sort of educational benefits. Like I know that I'm good at English because of all the um, like uh, RPGs I played oh, as a good. kid because I just played tons of them and they weren't necessarily made for kids so I just get hit with vocabulary that I didn't know and I had to learn it and then you kind of like you have to comprehend what you're reading so you understand what you have to say and you also have to think about what the other character is as like a person right so like yeah. you're learning these like almost empathy in the sense, or at least like thinking of other people as discrete entities, even if they are fictional. But the th- problem I think that games have 
is that they're really teaching te really good at teaching you how to play them so they're good at teaching you stuff yeah. but you can't necessarily take that skill and transfer it to other aspects of your life yeah well that's and I it think that's and, and i think this is this is the this is the change this is potentially the change and and uh, this is a quote from the australian sports commissioner here I know that it's always been it's that hot topic around is esports a sport? And he's gone, esports is embedded in schools across Australia, just like any other traditional sport like cricket, netball, and basketball. And he goes on to talk about um, what esports can offer a school here. So he's saying that it can teach skills such as teamwork, leadership, communication, problem solving, and strategic thinking. Um, but a big takeaway is that it helps get school refusers back into the classroom. Um, Kids that don't want to go to learn um, can't be fucked playing sport. Yeah. You know, if you can go and potentially play in your school's esports team, that might get you back into school. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, especially if those kids like don't have a reason to be at school because no one, they don't have any friends or anyone to hang out with, or they struggle with the work. To have that kind of aspect and that kind of belonging, I suppose. Because yeah, I mean, the thing about teaching kids is that they have to be in the classroom. It's really hard to teach them if they're not there. Yeah, right. So the more you can do to keep bring them in the them classroom, back, bring them back get them in, there. Yeah. Then it it's so crazy, man. And look, the reflection is uh, after this, I'd hope we can reflect on our childhood, how gaming and stuff was perceived. And I still get it with my mates all the time. And, I, and I, I'm really keen to reflect on that with you. But just before I do, the Fuse Cup is an um, esports competition for schools. <clears throat> it had 50,000 students compete across 300 schools. And it's an international competition. Um, Australia had uh, 25 schools compete in this um, and the nationals were held on the Gold Coast. I'd never heard of this, but I think this is pretty freaking cool. And I guess the potential here is, right, I mean, if you look at esports as a whole now and the prize pools of some of these sports, you know, we talked about um, League of Legends, the Worlds, and we've talked about TI, Dota 2. Now, it is, it is actually... Uh, potential for these kids at a young age to have actual careers you know you've got teams that are playing set wages for people um there's a little australian kid but he, he's 16 his name is uh lucas melissa went uh into the olympic championships for Fortnite, won himself 35k uh in that particular event and was picked up by a pro team and that was literally life-changing for him um, I know that uh, the there's a bunch of guys for Ground Zero Pav that have played uh, competitive Rocket League that are quite young that are earning salaries from doing that. Look, times have changed a lot when I was a kid. You know, video games was a dead end, dead end job. You know, fucking stop sitting around playing video games and everything else. But I really think if you can structure it at a school where you've got an esports team, you're learning communication, you're learning teamwork, you're structuring it a bit more, and you can actually see a, a goal. Um, I think this is something that could be pretty is pretty cool and groundbreaking to see it recognised. I oh, guess. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think. I I mean, yeah, it's, it's said in the article, but it's like games make more money than uh, films yeah. and music. I think put together, films yeah. and TV, something insane. Um, and there's a reason, like you know, people want to play them. They're fun. They also, microtransactions. Yeah, they're saying that um, like esports, like the NFL, obviously the biggest sporting event in history. Yeah, you look at the advertising and stuff. And, yeah, and, and NRL is it or whatever the oh, I don't NFL, watch it. Super, Super Bowl or, and stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're touting that esports is going to, you know, engulf that in years to come because the generation of kids that we've got coming up probably slightly less interested in NFL and probably wanting to follow their favorite CSGO team or their favorite Dota team or favorite league team and everything else. And it's just a sign of things to come. But yeah. Yeah. Look, I think uh, it's a pretty cool um, thing. And Adrian, there's a stat here that, you know, Arna, OG Arna. Mm. Um, and and uh, has earned more uh, money than Djokovic, um, tennis, <laughs> tennis player. So, uh, you wow. know, that just puts That's it into amazing. perspective. You know, he's this it's young so kid funny. from Australia that got on a, a Dota Pro team. And, yeah. You know, when you, it's just, it, you know the, the potential really literally is there. So, look, I'm a parent. I actually had one of my friends reach out to me recently and actually sent me this article and said, Grizz, how would you feel if, one of your kids came home and said they wanted to play esports for their career or their, their, their career, and that's what they wanted to do. My initial response was, look, I'll support anything they wanted to do, anything they were pa- passionate about. But I actually thought about it. And look, it is a hard decision. I think that it's good that schools are making steps in the right direction to make it like a more viable career pathway, like actually set you up rather than just you having to be really skillful at something. At least there's... And then- yeah, well, like be really skillful at something and neglect the other parts of your life. Yeah, like in terms of like doing schoolwork or sleeping or you know, like it requires yeah, imagine, a huge amount. Of- dude, imagine fucking two periods a week playing Dota with your mates because yeah. you're in an esports team. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, I can't go to English. I got Dota practice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so um, I, I think it's a good idea, and I don't see how it's any different to like scouting for or like phys ed. I mean, phys ed has obviously health benefits. Yeah, um, but at the same time, plenty of the kids that are playing in football teams are never going to make it to the AFL. You know, it's um, true. very very few people get to play AFL, and it's quite a big league. The in other Australia. interesting um, thing as well, Adrian, is the majority of really successful esports players start at like a young age. You know, you look at yeah. Samael and like those prodigies; they're like all like 15, 16-year-olds because their reaction speeds are so good. Yeah. So, um, That's it. Yeah, they're, um, yeah, crazy high reaction speeds. The ability to like, quickly, yeah, quickly process information gets worse as you get older. How was gaming perceived around you? Um, and- I had a really good childhood gaming-wise. I remember when I was like five or six, um, we rented a master system from the video store. So a video store used to be this place you could go, yep. you get VHSs, I like these small black boxes, you put them in, you'll play a movie. <laughs> and we got, uh, rented a master system for a weekend or a day or two or whatever. Me, me and my mum were playing it and we were, just had so oh, much man, fun playing cool. Bubble Bubble. We went back um, and we bought one. I think I got one for my birthday or something like that. Dude, so Bubble and, Bubble is a cracker game. Dude, eh? such a good game, man. But yeah, did you ever get to the dark that. world, Adrian? Did you ever get yeah, to the yeah, dark world? Yeah, you finished it. Did you? Yeah, Fuck, that's a hard game, game eh? Yeah. Um, but then, so like I played video games with my mum when I was a kid, like on the Master System, like we played a bit of Snow Brothers. Yeah. So we'd go to the old 55, the um, arcade, you know, that existed in Geraldton where I was born. Um, but then when it sort of started to get a Super Nintendo, that's when it's just got a bit too complicated. Yeah. She right. sort of, she's sort of coming into it late, right? Like she would, she would have been like, you know, 35, 40, having never played video games before. And so, but I could, you know, sort of grow up with it. So I played a bunch of Super Nintendo, 
a bunch of RPGs like your Secret of Manners and, you know, Secret of Evermores and such. Um, but yeah, I played a lot of video games. Uh, my parents were never too bothered about it. Um, I think because I did well in school as well. So they couldn't sort of bust me for, yeah, they couldn't bust me for like wasting my time. And I used to read tons of stuff. So it wasn't like it, um, like fully consumed my life. But I did play a lot of video games. I still do. Um, so I kind of, yeah, I was pretty good playing video games. I thought what I'd miss the most, I think, about video games now is that it's so hard to get a good couch co-op game. Oh, yeah. Like back in the day, they were just a dime a dozen. Yeah, pretty much well, every game you'd have to have it be two players. That's because it was and like online play now, was well, it didn't, didn't really exist, exist, right? Yeah, so it was yeah. A split screen. And so and then it was almost like a um, a switch. Uh, old fifty five represent. Fuck yeah. Um, there was a. It was almost like a switch flipped when online gaming happened, and all the processing power and stuff went into running the game like for one person. So even if a game is two players, oftentimes you can't play it two players because the game itself can't, uh, or it's not designed to or, or like um, optimized to run two instances of the game or camera angles or whatever at the same time. So you'd find like it's still even if you want to play co-op with someone, couch co-op, you'd have to put plug two playstations together or whatever. You have two TVs in order to do it. That's right. You used to be um, able to do that, didn't you? That was yeah, that was fucking crazy. Yeah, and it was yeah. So like. That's the kind of thing that I miss, you know, like obviously like playing Goldeneye uh, with my mates, four players. Like that yeah. was insane. I played so much of that. Um, playing like Halo, uh, you know, co-op, going through the campaign on Legendary. Yeah, I think that's sort of like, that's probably what I miss, I think, now from gaming because I still play a lot of games with my friends. Yeah. But it's all online, you know. But I think even as a, as a society or whatever, we're getting more and more used to and okay with yeah, communicating over the internet. It's becoming a lot more – I feel like it's a lot more mainstream now. Look, my reflection mm. is reasonably similar to yours. I never I never was made feel guilty for playing games from my parents, and I still did okay at school. However, I definitely feel like there was a bit of a stigma between, like, like friendship groups and fucking sporty kids and stuff that be yeah. like, oh, you're fucking nerd. And the word nerd was has completely different connotation to what it is now, like, now it's not really a derogatory comment to be a nerd. Like I'm a nerd, and but back then it was like you know, kid with glasses playing video games in the corner, not very sporty, you know, doing his yeah. thing. So I definitely feel like um, you know to see it come into schools and be kind of accepted by parents and teachers. Not that my parents didn't accept it. I feel like um, maybe some of the stigma has is is leaving gaming, um, and also I think, feel yeah, like- definitely. Everybody plays games now. Everybody plays games yeah. now. And Everybody. It's, be- it's becoming it's becoming more and more, uh, I think, to the forefront where you know we, we're seeing this esports stars with the young kids that are great at video games, and it's just it's just cool. Yeah. It's just cool to see it uh, kind of evolve through time. But yeah, um, yeah, and uh, Cajun Run is correct. I think Halo did make it acceptable. It was like because we used to play. I went to boarding school. And we played so much Halo in the um, in the like the main room or whatever the TV room. Yeah, yeah. And it sort of didn't matter. Everybody played it. It wasn't just nerds. It was farmers and like <laughs> yeah, sick. you know weird yeah. kids. Everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think like on a, in terms of tra- trajectory, they just keep getting better and better. There's cooler and cooler games coming out all the time. Love it. That are doing new things, interesting things. Well, Adrian, speaking of cool games. 
I'm going to jump into how's your game and go. And unfortunately, we don't have Cap here to press the stingers. Um, so unfortunately, caging run, no DJ Francesco. Unless uh, <laughs> unless Pav's got some kind of DJ Francesco on his soundboard still sitting there, mate, that you want to hit? <laughs> Surely. Come on, mate. It's got to be on there. Uh, I'll try something if it isn't it. <laughs> nope. No. DJ Francesco. Yes. We, go. <laughs> we got the actual <laughs> legit one. No, there you go. There's the OG. I swear to God, if he's yes. Anyway, continue. <laughs> um, okay. Well, Adrian, how is your gaming going, mate? What have you been playing? What have you been enjoying? I've been playing this game. I wanted to talk to you about a Grizzler because uh, yep. I think you really dig it. It's yep. called Rain World. Rain um, I think it was, World. Yeah. And it's like this sort of survival sim slash extremely difficult platformer. Oh, um, dude, I fucking love platformers. Yeah. Uh, I think you really like it. It's uh, brutally hard. Probably the hardest game I've played in a while. Uh, to just really quickly recap it, you play this uh, slug cat. It's like half cat, half slug <laughs> in this sort of post-apocalyptic world. Right. Um, and you, your job, your basically your job is to just survive. You've got to eat food, and then find a safe place to sleep. Because at a certain point in the day, this is like torrential rains. If you're outside, you die. Um, Shit. And it just does some really cool stuff, like that I've never really seen in a game before. Like it sort of has that sort of Dark Souls style of storytelling, where you pick up on environmental clues and kind of discover things. Um, but it's sort of relatively open you can go pretty much wherever you want from the beginning of the game all these different sort of locations that link together um and it's just uh really kind of fun and, and weird like enemies have their own sort of ai like their own preferences and different animals act in different ways mm. and they kind of like so rather than like in sort of like a, a platformer like celeste or super meat boy or whatever where like each sort of level is like curated, you know, there's like a way you can kind of get through it. Yeah. When you're playing Rain World, it's like you're just in this world and you are on the bottom of the food chain. So like you might just come out of this pipe or whatever and there's just like six lizards just like <laughs> fucking, fucking stuff up. And you're like, well, I guess I'll die, you know, because just you're not playing it. this like curated game. It's like a world that you're in that happens wow. to have a game in it. Um, I reckon you'd really like it. I think I'm, you'd. I'm just watching some footage here on the Twitch. Twitch viewers can also watch it. Um, yes, we do stream on Twitch if you're listening to this on podcast form. Um, it, it reminds me of uh, the art style, reminds me of fuck, what is that game where you have wands? Uh, oh, Noita. Noita, a little bit, but cooler. It's, it's um, cooler. It's really interesting the way that it's programmed, it like, uses like procedural animation. So rather than like when you like press forward to run in like a normal um, like a like conventionally programmed game or whatever, it's like your character has an animation of them running and then like the hitbox moves along. In this, it's like when you run, it makes him move his legs in a way <laughs> that would make you run, you know? And so like yeah. when you like you kind of it, when you first start playing it, you're like, this is the worst movement I've ever <laughs> I can see it, dude. What's he's holding on to? Like how does it like if you hold on to something, it looks like it affects the way you move as well, does it? Yeah, like, you're a bit, bit slower, you climb a bit slower. There's like momentum to it. So um the faster you're going, you can kind of keep the momentum up, you can kind of rip through it. Stuff has grab strength. So like there's these um like with like tentacle grass 
mm. that if you're if it grabs you it pulls you down you know and more and more latch onto you but if you're moving quickly it can't hold on to you it grabs <laughs> you but you break through so it's like right. there's all these sort of different like things intersecting in this really cool way it's like a real place the way it's designed so but how far into this experience are you so far i have finished it oh right um I finished it uh, the other day. It took me a while because you can just wander around. It's like really doesn't hold your hand at all. Um, but it's like, yeah, the ending, I just like the way the sort of story unfolds as you play it is just incredible. Like if you like those kind of games where they just let you draw your own conclusions um, and sort of figure stuff out because you have plenty mm -hmm. of evidence and you can kind of like piece together this idea of what happened. Um, Oh, yeah, dude. I okay. thought it was. Look, it, uh, dude, it just—it yeah. looks so fucking brutal. I've just watched this dude. scene where he's oh like climbing up this rope, and this lizard that you can barely even see just kind of yeah, like yeah. sticks There's its like tongue out. Invisible man, and like you just <laughs> yeah. walk in, he's just there, he just kills you. You just got to come to terms with the fact that the game is not fair. Oh, it is God. not supposed to be. Sounds um, like Dark you, Souls. Yeah, it's like that. Once you get up, once you understand that, and you understand that you're actually nothing, like. You start to play the game in a different way. That stops happening quite as much. Okay. But like, I, like for example, one thing uh, that happened to me, I was just getting completely bodied by this mosquito, mm. like just constantly. It would just um, every time I came out of my hole, a hardy hole or whatever, it would just like make this proboscis a blade and then just shoot into me, just again and again and again. <laughs> and I was getting very angry about it. Um, <laughs> but then once I picked this rock up, and as he came down to get me, I threw this rock at him. And he got stunned, fell into the ground, and then this lizard came out and grabbed him right. and ate him because the he, lizard couldn't get him before because he was floating too high. But as soon as there was that advantage, the lizard made the decision, I'll grab this dude. And anyway, then I ate the mosquitoes young and hibernated. Wow. Because couldn't get to the young before, giant mosquito. There. So you got to get out. You got to get out when it's going to rain, right? You got to like hibernate. Yeah. There's like a time limit. Rain, yeah. So you got to really think about like, um, yeah, how are you going to get to your next spot? Um, but yeah, there's there's all these like really cool little like attention to detail. Like it's got a map, mm. but the map kind of like when you activate it, it like slowly repopulates from where you are and populates out. Right. Uh, and it's because your slug cat is thinking about where he's been because he doesn't have a map or anything like that. He's just <laughs> thinking back to his like. It's just remembering. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Which is why it goes in and out. Oh. Like all these little things. Like it's all through the game. That kind of attention to detail. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, right. It's one okay. of the, one of the reasons why, like, I'm not too worried about gaming because people are making these weird and cool games, and they're always going to do it, and it's easier than ever to get those games now. Mm. You know, so I'm not super fussed. I think I think we'll be all right. What that's platform much did you play this on uh, Steam, Adrian? Uh, I had it on PS5. PS5. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think it was. Um, oh. I bought it on Steam, but I didn't play it, and then it was on uh, PS Plus or whatever. I was like, I'll just play it here. It's way easier. And the game is um, called, yeah. what's it called? Uh, Rain World. Rain World. Like, All right. Yeah, cool. two words. If you like super hard games that are cool and you like sort of intense platformers, I recommend it. Yeah, looks pretty good. How about you, Grizzo? All right, doing? mate. I wanted to quickly talk about Backpack Battles, um, oh, yeah. which I've already kind of talked about, but I want to bring this up uh, for the Twitch viewers to have a quick look at it. Because I think this is a absolute gem of a game. And I just want to talk about the way that the devs have kind of released this. It's freaking weird, right? It's not in it's not in alpha. It's not in pre-release. They have literally just released it as a demo on Steam. But 
it is not a demo. It's basically like a full game that you can go in and play. There's two active classes that you can play in there. Um, and there's a ranked and there's an unranked mode. Um, now, I think this is a little bit different to what we talked, uh, the game we talked about earlier, which was called Backpack Heroes, was it? Yeah, Backpack um, Hero, yeah. Because this is a, it's kind of like a PvP uh, game um, where each run is its own. But the reason why it's PvP is you fit stuff into your backpack um, and then you your backpack versus another player's backpack. And it kind of works like um, Hearthstone Arena where you're only allowed to lose a certain of, number of times, otherwise that run is over. So you want to try to accumulate as many wins as you can possibly get off uh, your five lives that you have. So basically every round you start in a shop and you get given a certain amount of money and you want to be spending the money on items in the shop. Now, all the items are all like they do different things. For example, you can see on the screen if you're in Twitch, there's a player that has a pan. The way the pan works is each individual different type of fruit that you surround around the pan, the pan will deal one extra damage. So yeah. um, there's all these different strategies that you can kind of adopt depending on what type of backpack you want to play. Um, and I'm just finding it super rewarding to play. It is so fucking fun. It is an auto battler. Yep. So when you play, it's just like a turn-based auto battler. Um, but one That's thing that I really like about the game that I haven't seen before is you can you combine certain items into stronger ones. So you might get, for example, like a horn or a spike, and then you might get a shield. And if you have both of those in your backpack and you go into one uh, turn of battle, it'll turn that into a spiked shield that you'll have that so upgraded. Auto completes yeah, items. Auto com yeah, completes right. the items for you, but you need to take them into battle with you. The game kind of hints at items that you can combine. You do have a recipe book, but it is blank when you start the game. So knowledge is power, but it does yeah, yeah. show you like these little lines. If you've got items that will match up, it'll show you like a little blue line on the item and show you the item that you can combine it with. So. It's yeah. pretty cool. It's fucking addicting, dude. I've got like 12 hours in this. I've just been kind of like <laughs> when I've got a downtime, I'll just have a crack at it. Um, and although it's PvP, uh, you don't need to hurry up when you're buying stuff in the shop. You can just leave it there and take your time and buy the bags that you want and, and do things. But yeah, look, I honestly think that uh, these backpack games are going to be similar to what we've seen for Vampire Survivors, where it's a completely new genre of game that is going to take off. And, and just an example, if you go and search this on Twitch right now, it's pulling like 12,000 viewers, more than the Diablo games, more than, <laughs> you know, like some, some, some big games. People are enjoying watching this stuff. So um, I think it's something to keep, out, keep an eye out for. Um, this is Backpack Battles. You can play it on Steam right now. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about real quickly before we get into Quickfire, Adrian, is I do have a Steam Deck and I'm absolutely loving it. I've the main games I'm playing on it right now are the Dark Souls games. They run like 60 frames per second perfectly on there. Yeah. I'm just finding it really cool to be able to travel. I've been doing quite a bit of travel and be able to grind Dark Souls bosses while I want to play and traveling and not carry around a laptop with me. It's just super cool. Really enjoying yeah, it. It seems to me like it's, it's a real niche that hasn't been filled because yeah. people stop doing handheld games and then they tend to invest the Switch. The Switch is for almost Switch games, like Nintendo games. Um, you really can't, you don't have that range for like that Steam library, especially if you've been PC gaming for a while. Like my Steam library is crazy. There's so many yeah. games on it. Like, yeah, me too. You know? yeah. And just, you're having access to them. 
like on the move. Yeah, that would be it's, it, it's kind of made me download some games that I haven't played for a while as well because I'm like, oh, yeah, it yeah, might be cool to play that. And, you know, the cool thing is you can put an SD card in it. So I've got like a terabyte of storage. So oh. I don't even hardly have that on my PC, mate, but I've just like, <laughs> you know, I've like just downloaded almost my whole Steam library just so I can have it on there. It is honestly, it is a really nice way to play video games. I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. Well, that's the How's Your Gamer going. Pav, is there anything you wanted to speak about in the How's Your Gamer going? You happy? We're going to jump right into the quick fire, crack on into this. Um, uh, Adrian, I didn't discuss this with you, but if you want to take one on one, I'll take the first one and then you can take the next one and we'll work through the list of these. Okay. Uh, so, uh, first story off the back. We have Persona 6 release window is, uh, has been leaked or rumoured, supposedly coming in 2025. Have you played the uh, Persona, Persona games, Adrian? I played a bunch of Persona 5 Good. and I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, um, it, was, it was pretty fun to sort of play that kind of like classical kind of turn-based like Japanese RPG, um, you know, Final, Final Fantasy VII style. It's been a while since I played one of those. It's very yeah. weird. Yeah, and there's a fair bit of um, like customization, inventory management, combining stuff, leveling up your personas, uh, which was really fun for me. So I enjoyed it. Um, I'll probably check out Persona Six when it comes out, depending on how it's going. Um, Persona yeah. games have a big, big uh, fan base, though, don't they? Real, real popular, right? Eh? Yeah, I think so. I think they've, um, I mean, they've been making heaps of them. Um, but yeah, they're sort of very weird because it's almost like. Uh, in the you know in the beginning you're uh you're just this kid going to school and then there's this weird evil world made up of people's deep like dark desires that you've got to go into to do things that affect the main world so it's like a dating sim plus some weird Dang. you know yeah, yeah hey, so it, it never really appealed to me but I can see why people would enjoy it but there you go if you're a Persona fan uh, Persona Six coming 2025 so oh it's that a couple of years away but it's it's yeah. it's coming apparently. it'll get here. Uh, all right, what have we got? Tomb Raider is crossing over with Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Man, they're just making so many Magic cards. It looks like they've got like uh, seven new cards that involve Lara Croft. Wow. That's weird. I mean... What do you think of that, being a Magic the Gathering player? Do you think this is a cool well, crossover or what? I don't know, man. I feel like, personally, Magic the Gathering, they're just releasing so many sets now. It's just crazy. They're just set yeah. after set after set after set. And it's just impossible to keep up, for me at least. I'm not that good at Magic the Gathering. I like playing like Arena. Yep. That's pretty fun. Yep. Like drafts only. But it just seems like, because they had like the D&D, I mean, sorry, the Lord of the Rings oh, yeah. crossover. They just had the D&D crossover. Yeah. Um, it's probably more I'm forgetting about. Um, yeah. It's so, like the Fortnite of card games, isn't it? Yeah. Dude, they're just like, just so many. It's crazy. Well, there you go. If you're a Magic the Gathering fan and you're a Lara Croft fan, your dreams have come true. Um, very popular Australian TV series, and the reason why I say that is because, Adrian, did you know that like 80% of our listeners are in the US? Bloody oh, legends. Yeah. Oh, we've got, like a, we've got a large US audience. There's a uh, TV program, which I believe is in the US. Bluey is getting a video game. Um, the studio behind uh, video game Bluey has opened up about its development coming sometime pretty soon so um there is some trailers for this if you're uh interested or you think your kids might like the bluey video game go check that out because that's uh something that we can expect in the near future 
Okay, uh, what have we got next? Inactive Google accounts at risk of being lost forever. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's pretty simple, PSA. If you've got an inactive Google account you don't want to lose, log into it by December the 1st or it's at risk of being deleted. <laughs> so I guess it's well, that. Fuck. That's actually I, pretty big, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah. So what have, what have they got? The reason they're doing it, older accounts are at risk from hijacking, identity theft, and phishing scams. So that kind of oh, makes yeah. sense to That's sort of true. clean it up. Yep. Um, and they'll probably save a little bit of storage space. Yeah, yeah, right. Should your account be lost, you lose access to everything. That means your Gmail, Drive contents, YouTube, and workspace apps. Sheesh. Any valuable cloud-stored content will be gone forever. Log into those oh, yeah. Google accounts. Um, Google accounts. I'm, I'm ducking back up one, I think, unless it's not on your run sheet and it's on mine. Oh, but have you played Darkest Dungeon 2, Adrian? Have you given have, those? No. Did you play number I one? I have not. I did play number one. I have, yeah, it on the, I have it on the Switch. I really liked it. Me too. Really yeah. interesting um, game, like very like unique design. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of waiting for number two to come out on the Switch. Okay. Because look, my look, girlfriend really likes Darkest Dungeon. So I'm the same as you. Smashed Darkest Dungeon 1. Absolutely fucking loved it. I used to do this thing on stream where I'd uh, whoever I picked up from the caravan would be someone in my stream and I'd name it after them. And if they <laughs> yeah. died, then I'd time them out for five minutes in chat. <laughs> and that, that, was, that was very enjoyable. Um, number two hasn't quite hit me like number one has hit me yet. Um, yeah, it seems I haven't pretty played cool. it yet. Yeah. No, but look. It's hard to like. Um, it's different, right? It's different to number one. Yeah. So it's hard to kind of. You know, you can't bring the hype of number one into number two because they're quite different games. Yeah. Um, but look, Adrian, there is a DLC coming called The Binding Blade is coming December 23, so literally like a couple of weeks away. So if you are a Darkest Dungeon 2 nerd, that's something to look forward to. Uh, there is some new playable heroes, including the Duelist, the Crusader, and some new mini bosses and story bits and pieces as well. So uh, it's pretty cool. Okay, oh, what have we got next? Uh, okay, after earning $544 million in its most recent quarter, Unity says even more layoffs are likely. Yeah. Well, I, was talk- I was talking with Capo about this when I was last on the podcast. Yep. You guys did an awesome breakdown. Company, yeah, it needs to be leaner and more agile. Okay. So, I don't know, this seems weird. So, the six months ago, 600 people were laid off for the year's third round of layoffs. And that's the plan to, to planning is to close half its offices worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah so it's an interesting one. Unity, although it's kind of crazy because I thought Unity wasn't making money for a long time. I guess maybe their new pricing structure. Do you reckon that's making them some extra bucks and still slimming I feel down? Like it would just be like it just seems like a weird thing to to do because some companies will be. Like locked into Unity in the sense that the game is, you know, almost complete. They can't yep. really switch engines, but it just seems like for a lot of people, they're just going to see what's happening and go, "Well, I just won't go on Unity." Yeah, you know, I'll use a different engine. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It seems it's an interesting one because that was, it was so big for so long in terms of like sort of independent development, like for indie games, but. I don't know. It just seems to like maybe it got too big. Maybe that's yeah. Maybe well, we're seeing layoffs across the sector too. You know, like in yeah. the games industry and other bits and pieces. So, uh, might be following the model a little bit, but uh, yeah. yeah, downsizing. Um, Adrian, uh, PlayStation has already announced their Black Friday sales. I'm just on that. Right. Yep, we'll see this Friday, some sales coming up. Um, look, I'm not going to go through it. This could nearly have been a main topic for us, but there is a bunch of stuff. Uh, go to the PlayStation.blog website and have a look. 
there are some pretty good things happening there, including lots of savings um, on PlayStation Plus and gear. So uh, if you're looking for a bit of a bargain on the PlayStation Store, um, now might be the time to get in there. Some good stuff happening. I'll have a little squiz, I reckon. Have a little peek, yeah. Quick squiz, yeah. I'm going to buy some stuff on Black Friday yeah, for sure. I think I'm going to get some stuff. Uh, we've got here, Daisy's just hit its highest ever player count a decade after its standalone release. Do you ever play as much Daisy, Grizzo? A little bit. I didn't really get too into it. What about yourself, mate? You, you were I, Yeah, I played it a bit uh, in the beginning. Um, it was amazing. Like, it, it was really no game that was doing what Daisy was doing, but it was also, like, insanely buggy and unintuitive. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? And then it, it just yeah. sort of, like, just stayed like that for, <laughs> like, literally a decade. Mm. I think it's um so the largest largest concurrent players ever, which is just shy of seventy thousand. Yeah. So they're not huge numbers, but that's pretty. That's big still pretty them. crazy, considering when yeah. it first came out, twenty fifteen. It was like hitting forty five k. To think that yeah. the game is like that old now that it's pulling, you know, numbers. I think they've like fixed it finally. I guess Have it's they? kind of tying into what we were talking about before, like. Um, when I was playing DayZ, it almost seemed like, for me at least, PUBG kind of co-opted that feeling yeah, um, of, like, hunting someone down or, you know, being in this, like, scary, terrifying world where the other people were your enemies. Mm. Um, but it worked and kind of was a bit more structured. But, uh, yeah, I always miss that kind of freedom of, of DayZ. Like, you know, the first time I killed somebody at DayZ, like, I felt bad. Because <laughs> you can you know? talk to him and like, stuff, eh? Like yeah, the whole, uh... and he was, like, writhing around on the ground. Yeah, you know, it was, it was pretty heavy, man. Yeah, you know? so, there you uh, go. Daisy doing pretty well. Um, yeah, so check April, it out. Why not? Check it out, mate. Check it out. Is this me or you? Is it my turn? Uh, yeah, go. Warhammer 40, 40k Dark Tide Adrian is getting free two part update that lets you visit a carnival to rip and tear into heretics. Now, a few things here there's some new cinematics, there's some new zones and missions. Uh, there is an inspect feature now that you can inspect player loadouts. Uh, as well as some updates to some of the trees, the skill trees as well. So that's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I liked uh, Warhammer. It just wasn't dark tide. It just wasn't done. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably pop back in and check it out. Uh, so check it out? Now. Get in there. Yeah, I think so. I'll get in there. Uh, for nearly 10 years, Australian developer Samurai Punk is shutting down. Do you familiar with... Again and ended with the release. I've never heard of these guys. Okay. What did they make? Screen sheet. Oh, I'm going yes. to read about this. Screen sheet. Yep. It's like a split-screen first-person shooter back in 2014. Yeah, that's cool. So it's like it's screen sheet, which enshrined the titular Golden I-64 party foul. It's obviously, a, you know, screen peek. And what's up with that? But I guess in this one, enemy player models were invisible. Huh. So you can only track them by looking at them from their perspective. That's a cool <laughs> idea for a game. That is cool, dude. That is cool. Well, yeah, so a bit yeah, sad. Yeah. They're no longer more, mate. Ten years. Yeah. Aussie Dev, Sayonara. Oh, good. Um, Adrian, Steam Deck, speaking of Steam Deck, um, the numbers are out and they have sold multiple millions of units, Valve says. Oh, and they can't even so, sell it like, you can't buy them in Australia, right? You've got to import them? Yeah, you got to import them. So you got to get them through like Amazon and stuff and other bits and pieces. So I would say Actually, that's that- pretty successful, mate. I would say. Yeah, oh, 100%. That's massive for them. Mm. Um. Because it's more people than the Steam ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. Huge. I mean, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Yep. Uh, Okay, so what have we got? A bit more Diablo 4 stuff. 
while Diablo 4's loot filter isn't ready yet. Okay, so they haven't put in an item sorting system. No. Uh, because it's going to mess up a bunch of other stuff. Uh, <laughs> my advice, just make the items that drop worth picking up. Yeah. And then don't worry about it. Too much trash is dropping. That's what People I calling do. for loot filters in this game, similar to Path of Exile. If you don't know what we're talking about here, and in other popular action RPG games, you can set a specific filter so you'll only see certain uh, items drop. And it basically takes away that loot fatigue that you get in these games where you're getting heaps of common items that you don't want to pick up anymore. So apparently the devs looked into creating this for Diablo 4, but the way the game works and what they're displaying, it's a bit more difficult um, to do that in reality. So at the moment, no sorting system for your loot. Um, yeah, maybe they just need to design their loot a little bit better. Adrian, we'll see. It's, I mean, that's one solution, I think. Uh, the other solution, I would say, is make it easier to see if loot is good for you or not. Yeah. Because it's a whole thing, man. There's just so many yellow items. Um, yeah. And it's really difficult to tell if this is going to be an upgrade to your ability and killing power or not. So much useless yeah. stuff in there. They need to do a lot of things to fix that game. Well, I don't think loot so filters is the, uh, is the nah, thing that's going to save them. <laughs> a few more pressing matters, I think. But, yeah, And guess what? That takes us to the end of the episode. Look, I think that was a pretty good. Thank you so much for joining us, Adrian. It was a pleasure to have you back again, mate. I had a lovely time. Thank you for having me. Definitely uh, keen to get you back into some more of these. But look, some formalities. I uh, just wanted to thank the Patreons once again. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Um, please check us out on our social media. Um, OGR.show is our website. There's links to our Twitter, our Discord, our TikTok, our YouTube. Actually, maybe not our TikTok, but definitely our YouTube on there. Um, and if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please consider giving us a, a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Um, I've noticed a couple of you have been doing that, so thank you very much. That is all from me. Anything else from you, Pav, that you want to say? Rock on. Thank you so much for having us, yeah. and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thank you.